0: How do we have better conversations? How do we have better connection with those around us? It starts with better connection within. This is episode 193 of Forever Athlete Radio, where together we go far. Today, we are discussing how to connect better with yourself and with those around you. So better connection really starts with asking better questions, That's what I tell so many people that come to me that are saying, Gory, I feel lonely. I feel disconnected with those around me. Well, it starts first and foremost with asking better questions. I want to paint this picture for a second here. So you meet someone for the first time, right? You are maybe going on a first date. You're trying to make small talk. You're trying to make just a connection happen. Well, the easiest way to form a connection with someone is to find a commonality point as fast as possible and build from there. But so many of us have shitty questions that we first start all these conversations and small talk with. I don't know why we are programmed default to ask people where they're from and what they do for a living because the odds that you all are from the same exact city are slim to none and the odds that you all do the same exact thing for work are slim to none. How many times have you asked someone, oh, what do you do for a living? And They say, oh, I'm I'm an accountant and you're like, well, shit, I don't know anything about accounting. And the conversation just falls flat from there. So if we choose to ask better questions, ones that actually lead to a higher likelihood of some common ground being found, we have a higher success rate of finding connection between who we are trying to have a conversation with. So better connection, better conversation starts with asking better questions. Well, Corey, what are some better questions that I might be able to ask? What I don't know any. I, I can't think of any. It's just program default. What do you do for a living? Where are you from? Here, start with these. Some of my favorites are asking people, "What do you? how do you describe yourself without telling me what you do for a living? Give me three words that would describe who you are. The odds are, of those three words, those adjectives, those traits, you probably have at least one of those in common. Another question we can ask is, where would you live in the world if you could live anywhere? Where would that be and why? And again, you start to learn more insight about the person that you're conversing with from a question like that. If money wasn't an issue, what would you do for a living? How would you spend your time? If you had no plans on a weekend, no responsibilities, how would you spend that time? These are the kinds of questions that I mean when asking better questions because you're going to get better answers. They're not going to be one word answers. Yes, no, this is what I do. This is where I'm from. They're going to really lead the person that you're trying to connect to, to think, to pause long enough. And that is the secret behind really better conversations is better thought being held coming up in the dialogue. So ask better questions first and foremost, when you're meeting new people lead with better questions, and I promise you the quality of the conversation will increase tenfold. Because once you find that commonality point, this is the the secret behind connection in general, um, once you find that common point, you can build from there. So if you find something in common with someone, say, for example, you're trying to make new friends, you just moved to a new city, and you, you find out that, okay, you've identified that you really value going to the gym, So you're going to go to the gym and maybe you're going to join a group fitness class because odds are people in that group fitness class share the same value of you. They value their body, their health, and they're showing up to work out. If you're a real psycho, you show up to that like 530 CrossFit class. That's a special kind of breed of person that's in that class, right? And odds are you can then connect there over, oh, hey, what got you into CrossFit? What got you into the gym? Do you have a background in sports? Do you have a background in working out? or are, are you new in your journey here? These are the kind of questions that I would be asking when I meet someone in an environment like the gym. And once I find, like, we're clicking, we're vibing, we got some common common points there, maybe it's extending an invite to, hey, would you want to work out sometime just you and me? Let me run you through something. You can run me through something. We can learn from one another and spend that time together. And through that, now we've created our first new experience together. We've added some depth to the connection. It's no longer just a, a sub dude in the gym. It's we have a little bit more in common. And then from there, what I would do is invite them to an experience outside of working, out, outside of the gym. We can create another new experience together. And when we do this with time, because real connection and real intimacy takes time, it's not something we can really rush, what we do and what we're doing is adding some depth to that initial surface level connection. And that's what so many of us are seeking in our day-to-day right now, but we just don't know how to do it. We actually haven't just brought some intentionality behind the way that we're acting, connecting, and conversing with people, and we just... And yet we're wondering, we're sitting around here wondering why am I feeling disconnected with those around me? Why am I feeling like the people in my, my life are just acquaintances but I don't have actual friends? It's because we really haven't brought that intentionality to this piece. Just like you would be foolish to say I don't understand why I'm not in better shape if you never went to the gym. If you never put time and effort and energy to go into the gym. It would be foolish to ask yourself, look in the mirror and say, "I, I don't get it. I don't see the disconnect. Yet that's how we treat so many of our relationships. Relationships are like plants. We have to water them consistently from time to time. Some plants require more watering than others, right? But we have to water them consistently for them to grow, to add depth to the connection. So when you are connecting with people for the first time or the hundredth time, You get to water that relationship with some intentionality. You show up fully present with that person. And that's what we're going to kind of look to next here. The next kind of conversation is around, well, if we've already established initial connection, we already have friends in our lives, we already have a partner, whatever that is, and we want to add some depth, some dynamics to that relationship. How do we do that? How do we make sure that we're growing together and just as a a person, as ourselves, as an individual as well? Well, it starts with adding space, holding space. It's one of the things that I've been very fortunate that uh, I've been told I I do well is that I hold space for other people because at our core, what all of us really need is to feel seen, heard, and hopefully understood. It's very interesting. I heard this conversation the other day. If you're ever, if you not familiar with Maslow's, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it goes food, water, shelter, and then social support, human connection. And what's super interesting, the point that I had heard Simon Sinek make was that he's never heard of anyone taking their own life because they were hungry or they were thirsty. But he has heard people taking their own life because they're lonely. And I got really thinking of like, what if we reverse the order of which we have these needs? You're feeling lonely. If you're feeling disconnected, that's going to lead to a lot of issues in your life. It's going to feel like you're living a life that might not feel like worth living. And we can solve that through holding space that allows us to feel seen, heard, and understood. That is the core, most basic human need that we all have. We need to feel seen. We need to feel heard. We need to feel understood. That's why a lot of relationships don't work is because one of the partners don't feel, they don't feel seen, they don't feel heard, or they don't feel understood. That's why a lot of arguments happen. That's why we are disconnect, <laughs> discontent in our job at work. Because the boss doesn't get us. They don't see us. They don't understand us. They don't value our hard work. That's why our partner gets angry at us that we don't take their thoughts into consideration. So when we lead with an invitation into holding space to whatever that relationship dynamic may be, it could be in a friendship, it could be in a a boss work dynamic, it could be in a partnership, in a romantic relationship. We lead with an invitation into holding space. Now, what does this not look like? This doesn't look like, have you ever been around someone, maybe it's a friend in your life or a partner, where it seems like every time they come to you, they're just dumping problems on you. It's just one after another. You ask them how they've done, and they're like, oh my God, I am overwhelmed, blah, blah, blah. This isn't going right, and it's just complaint, complaint, complaint. Now, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. We do need space for that emotional container to present that, right? But usually when we're on the receiving end of that and we didn't ask for it, we feel a little bit icky. We're like, whoa, that was really heavy, dude. Um, I don't really know like, what to do now. This wasn't the right time and there wasn't the right space for it. How do we change that? What's the solution there? We invite them to a container, a space that we can create and what i mean by that is just it's just a conversation between the two of you that allows for that to come up so that oftentimes what's happening to these these people that are constantly complaining is they're never actually feeling heard they're never feeling understood so they just keep regurgitating and repeating themselves over and over and over and over again like a parrot until someone hears them so if you want to solve the relationship dynamic of constant complainers in your life. Offer them the space to truly feel heard. Invite them in. It's like setting the table for a meal. Once you set the table a certain way, you allow a much better meal to be had. That's what you're doing when you invite people into these conversations. and You hold that space that really allows them to feel heard. It will solve so many issues in your life if you just ask permission ahead of time. Hey, I've had re- had a really tough day at work today. Do you have the space to kind of hear about it? And being okay with your partner or your friend or whoever it may be to say no. And then if that is the case, say, I understand. When would be a better time? Set a future date. That allows you to emotionally unpack it together. Honest conversations are what lead to honest connections. We need honest conversations to have more honest connections. And that's really what allowing space and allowing this invitation into space does for us. Now, I'll give you an example, right? When we're receiving feedback, Oftentimes, it's vital for flow and it's vital for human connection that we need feedback in our lives. It is this GPS course corrector in real time that allows says, hey, are we going the right way or are we not? Do we need to change directions? I want to tell you a story real quick of recently, about a month or so ago, I threw a mental health social experiment with Forever Athlete here in Austin. And I thought it went really well. And the feedback that I got at the event itself was, wow, this was so great. We had such good conversation with one another. We never paused and, and thought to to ask ourselves this question. The, the prompt that we explored as a group was, what are you most proud of right now in this moment? And it was a really powerful conversation, a really powerful event for those that attended. And this is why my buddy Nick Pags is one of my close friends here. In the moment, he told me, what I needed to hear because he could tell that I was coming off this like emotional, I just pulled this off, we brought 15 people together, just moved to Austin, we got sponsors, we got a venue, and it's a lot of energy, so he was very respectful of the state that I was in. Now, the next time that I saw him, he said, hey, are you open to some feedback around that event that you threw the other night? I said, yeah, of course, man, like, what's up? And I want you to notice how he started that conversation. He asked, am I open to feedback instead of just dumping it on me? He said, I had a really great time. However, I really didn't under, like, I didn't get what we were celebrating. I didn't really get why why we were together. Um, I was like, well, of course it was like this and this. He's like, yeah, I know. I know you know that subconsciously. (laughs) It's in your head, but you didn't do a fantastic job communicating that in the space to the people that were there. I was like, oh, shoot. Okay, cool, man. Like, I really appreciate that feedback because if I never got that non-objective feedback from someone else, in my head, I would have just been like, yeah, dude, like, it was perfect. We knew exactly what we were doing. This is, (laughs) we're just going to keep doing this. But he has the awareness, and this is what I admire a lot in him, the awareness to know when is, and when isn't a good time to even ask someone if they're open to feedback. Usually what happens in when, when arguments, right, one party is very highly emotional. And so when we try to use reason and logic with someone who's very emotional, and I want to preface this as saying emotional isn't a bad thing, it's just a state that we're in, it's energy and motion, that emotion being met with logic very rarely makes any sense. Have you ever been so angry that you're just like, you're so pissed off at the world and someone just goes, yeah, but like, if you just, have you looked here or like you lose your keys, for example, you get so worked up and you're, you're angry at yourself. "Ah, I don't know where the keys are. And someone just check your pockets. You're like, oh, of course I checked my pockets. And it's like the most logical thing. Your keys could actually be in your pocket, but you don't want to admit that. There's this refractory period that occurs after we have a triggering event and we start to feel a certain way, we start to feel a certain emotion that no amount of logic can really reach through to our brain and calm us down. We need that refractory period to really just play with that emotion, let it run its course and seep out of us. And then afterwards is when we're the most receptive to feedback. But when we're in that period, we are not respect- receptive of feedback and that is okay. That is totally okay. That's why when you and your partner are arguing, allowing space to be there where, hey, I know we're upset right now. Why don't we shelf this conversation to a a later time where we both have a little bit more capacity to really see and hear one another out? And that becomes a much more productive conversation rather than a confrontation. I had a client the other day, um, come to me, and he goes, he's having a little bit of issues at work with a, with a manager. And we were talking through it. I said, okay, what do you need at work to feel a little bit more seen, heard, and understood? Because right now, he's feeling undervalued. He's not really feeling recognized for what he's bringing to the table. And he wants to change that. And he goes, well, Corey, I'm not confrontational. I go, I think that's the first issue. Not that you're not confrontational, but that you're viewing communication as confrontational. A lot of us are going through our lives right now, viewing any sort of honest conversation as confrontational. But I want to offer you, what I want to invite you into is starting to shift how we view this. If instead of looking direct conflict with the person that we have an issue with, a, a, a puzzle that we are trying to solve together... That's what we want to shift to. It's a puzzle-solving opportunity. So instead of facing them head on, what if, would it look like to go alongside next to them and say, hey, we both want the same thing. We're try- I'm trying to get on the same page here as you. If you're open to it, I would love to have a conversation to try to better understand what your expectations of me are and how I can better meet those. Because right now, the way that it stands, I'm really struggling. I'm really frustrated with how things have been going here and I want to change that. Are you willing to help me do that? That's not confrontational. That is inviting them into a conversation. And that's what we can do as we try to connect more and more and more with those people around us. Instead of viewing conversations as conflict, start to view them as an invitation to a conversation. You are all on the same page most of the time when you're in a relationship when you're arguing with a friend or you're arguing with a boss you both both parties want the same thing so double checking setting the space setting the table ahead of time and just say hey i want to get on the same page i think we want the same thing i'm willing to work to get there are you and extending that invitation they're like oh yeah of course let's sit down let's set the table Let's have that space. Let's have that conversation. The other thing that I get oftentimes is that we need to be 100% honest with ourselves to invite others to do the same. So the more inner work that we can do, the more closely we can look at ourselves, the better we can then invite others to do the same. Here's the example of this holding space, right? Some people are are naturally more talented at holding space for others than other people are, and that's okay. Now, that doesn't mean it's a lost cause. and It doesn't mean that other people in your life can't hold space for you. Oftentimes, we see this with the the good-hearted person, the person that is constantly pouring into those around them, and they feel like no one ever listens to them. No one does the same for them. They get frustrated. I don't get it. I'm always holding this for them. Well, what you're doing, one, is keep doing what you're doing because what you're doing, you're modeling good behavior for those people around you to mirror and hold back for you. The disconnect, oftentimes, is that person's constantly doing it for other people, so they're not in the habit of asking permission themselves. Do you have the permission? of the person to switch the roles. Ask. Ask. And you never know what will happen until you ask. But when you ask that kind of question, again, better questions, this is going to allow you to get what you need as well. It makes what maybe once felt like one-sided relationships whole. And it brings the scale a little bit more even on either side rather than Constantly, they're dumping stuff over here, and you're constantly up here and you're like, ah, "I just know I can never go to that person for whatever." Well, you never know until you ask. And if you, and if you ask enough, you with time can build this better relationship. So the biggest thing, one of the last kind of final thoughts that I have here today is, you know, true intimacy, true connection, comes from time and conversations. And they oftentimes have to come off of social media. One of these lines in Kendrick Lamar's latest album that really stood out to me was thoughts and prayers, way better off timelines. I hope, I pray to God that you actually pray to God is the the line before that, I believe. And I see it oftentimes in this generation that we're so willing to have these honest conversations with straight to our phone, but we're doing ourselves a disservice in that process. How many times... We see like Father's Day. We we post a picture. Oh, look at this baby picture of me and my dad. Happy Father's Day, dad. Like, love you so much. You mean the world to me. And you throw that on Instagram, knowing very well that your dad does not have Instagram and he's not checking that shit. He's not seeing your heartfelt message. But we're doing that to just appease others and show people, yeah, 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 I got a healthy relationship with my dad. Some of the best relationships are meant to be private. They're meant to be off of social media choose them, and treat them like such. You have thoughts and prayers? Amazing. Tell the person that you are thinking of and that you're praying for directly. You bring them more to that conversation, more to that connection in doing so. The world doesn't need to know everything that is going on in your life. That is not vulnerability. What vulnerability truly is, is being able to have a sit-down, face-to-face conversation that is honest, it is open, and it, it might be tough. There might be tears. There might be anger. There might be frustration that comes up in that process. But leading with vulnerability to truly express who you are and how you're feeling with the person that needs to hear it the most, that's true vulnerability and that's true strength. And that doesn't get to happen on timelines. That doesn't get to happen in social media. That gets to happen in real life. Or maybe it comes through a FaceTime with a friend or family member if you're not in the same area because I know some people out there are going to hear that message and they're going to nitpick me, right? But your experience, it's okay to keep just your experience. You don't have to share all of you with the world. Honestly, that's something that I've been really contemplating more and more as social media has, has taken off here and more and more people are following along my own journey. And it's always kind of I'm questioning myself well what do I share on the timelines and what do I share with just the people in my life and you need to have a answer to that if you're a creator or if you're just you don't even view yourself as a creator if you're just a regular person quote unquote and I and I hate that I just use that word because at the end of the day I'm also just a regular person just choose to share some of my experiences on the interwebs to help you, encourage you to create a new experience for yourself. That's the main reason I create. That's the main reason that I show up. And in doing so, I have to know that not all of me has to be shared to do that, to have that happen in uh, the world. And I'm okay with that. So if you want better relationships, it starts with a better relationship with yourself. So one of the last thoughts, I, the last thought I want to leave you with here today, to create a better relationship with yourself, no different than those around you, ask yourself better questions. If you listened, um, i trying to think of the timing, this episode will actually come out a week before an episode that I just recorded last night with Caleb Fossum, great guy. One of these ideas, themes that came up in that was this concept of, he brought up clarity, And knowing yourself. If you're right now, if you're watching this, we got the Be You t-shirt going on. What does it mean to be you? Being you requires constant inner reflection. It requires looking in the mirror with some intentionality. Not to check yourself out and say, oh, okay. But also not to pick yourself apart. Looking in the mirror to see, what am I feeling today? What do I need today? What's my heart need today? These are the kind of questions that I'm talking about when I say ask yourself better questions to get to know yourself better. Allow that space for yourself. Start your day not on social media. Start your day not checking emails and texts and and all of this, but create some space for your own self to feel seen, heard, and understood with yourself. Allow that space for that stuff to come up a lot of us are just running around so fast from the minute that we wake up to the minute that our head hits the pillow that we never allow our intuition, that inner voice, to actually be heard, to even get one word in. Ever, it's like that middle child syndrome, right? Like you're somewhere in the middle. Mom and dad don't really hear you. Uh, you feel like your voice doesn't actually really matter. Allow that space for your voice to come up. Ask yourself better questions. I have a challenge this week for you as you go into the week here. I got two challenges. One, what does it look like to clean your mirror this week? How can you get more clarity in getting to know yourself? I want you to take some time to look inward this week. And then lastly, my second challenge to you is to ask better questions of those around you. If you truly want better relationships, if you truly want healthy relationships that could be romantically or in friendships, better work-life balance, better work dynamic, ask better questions of those around you. Maybe save this, listen back to this episode a couple times, highlight some nuggets that stood out to you, and put this practice into practice, put this into action this week if you could share this episode with a friend, a family member, or a teammate, it means the world. Subscribing to wherever you're listening to means the world to me as well. It helps us all grow further together. and That's what we're all about here at Forever Athlete Radio, Forever Athlete as a whole. As always, I appreciate you being here. Of all the things that you could be doing in the world, the fact that you spent about 30 minutes here with me just means a lot. Means a lot, and I truly do value you being here. So until next week, flow on, my friends.